Cobra, and we welcome you to this Disney at Play podcast. Well, in the last hours of a weekday news cycle, Disney chooses to dump further details around their new Genie Plus product, which will launch on Tuesday, October 19th. That's a sign as to whether or not guests will be happy with what's being laid out before them. Along with David Zanola, we study those details to include pricing, availability to on-property and off-property guests, not to mention annual pass holders, as we see what attractions will be included under Genie Plus and what will be available for individual Lightning Lane purchase. We'll also compare it to the announcements made for Genie Plus to be released at Disneyland. Is this something you will want to get when you visit next time? Join us and let's discuss what lies ahead. As always, we offer a complimentary post that aligns with this podcast at Disney at Play. So be sure to go over there, check it out and subscribe. It's going to show some very important uh, diagrams and um, items that you may want to study as you make sense of whether Genie Plus is right for your next visit. Now, to make this uh, podcast possible, I am thrilled to have David join us um, from uh, Out the Door Travel. So without further ado, let's bring in David. All right. So we have David Zanola. Good afternoon, Mr. David. Hello, sir. David actually was just here last week for the 50th anniversary. and. Yes. Uh, capture you as part of the you know what like we just kept forgetting to do that we kept getting together from point to point but we never did um and i still owe you mickey ears so there's uh there's uh a lot that uh yeah you missed but um but you were there did you and your family have a good time last week we did uh we decided to uh, escape the madness of the magic kingdom on the actual 50th after uh oh we probably left because uh, we had lunch with you over at um captain oh. cook's mm -hmm. to get out of the craziness and the mobile ordering snafu which apparently according to the interwebs was a an yeah. issue where the mobile did you read that that the mobile ordering system basically completely had to be reset yeah and they threw out everybody's order uh-huh that is just so but good news is, is, I'm sure they learned a lot of lessons that prepare us for Genie Plus. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. So uh, so we left right around probably a little bit after lunch, maybe like 1230 or so, went to the Polynesian and then decided to go back to our room for a little bit of a break. We've really started to enjoy breaks uh, on our recent trips just because we walk so, so hard. And then we ended up doing all the other three parks uh, in that in that day. So it was a good it was good to get away. We did not decide to do enchantment just to. And once we saw the pictures, we were glad that we stayed away from that insanity. So we, yeah, we had a, we had a blast. Very cool. The uh, I I'm right now the working title is, for this uh, podcast is Genie Plus announcement in the Friday news dump. And so you have context of what that means. Um, even though uh, David doesn't uh, always join us for this podcast, um, I don't think there's very many podcasts I do where I don't first kind of reach out to them and say, what do you think about this? Or what do you think about that? So we're always sharing notes. We're always texting back each other. And we both had this sense that there was going to be an announcement 
at the very end of this week regarding Genie Plus. And in fact, um, we were talking about it and I said, I texted him and said, I am certain that it will come, you know, after four o'clock when they want to do a Friday news dump. And that text didn't get to David, but not too long afterwards, he sent me um, a, uh, a little piece from uh, the West Wing, which if, uh, and, and let me just say, anybody who is in media knows what it means when we say take out the trash day. You're not in media or you're not in social media, you're not in marketing, if you do not know what take out the trash day is. And so there is a little episode that the West Wing had on years ago. It's a conversation between Donna and Josh, and we are going to reenact this for you on this podcast. And, and I've insisted on playing the role of Josh, that makes uh, David Donna. So Donna, uh, take it, take it away, and let's uh, let's explain to our friends here. Uh, trash day. This is, yeah. Here we go. Uh, so let's take out the trash day. Friday. I, I mean, what is it? Any stories we have to give the press that we're not wild about, we give all in a lump on Friday. But why do you do it in a lump? Instead of one at a time. Well, I, I think you'd want to spread them out. Well, they got X column inches to fill, right? They're going to fill them no matter what. Yes. So if we give them one story, that story's X column inches. And if we give them five stories. They're a fifth the size. Why do you do it on a Friday? Because no one reads the paper on Saturday. You guys are real populist, aren't you? I think and you did pretty good on that reading. Scene. The fact of the matter is, is when you want to hide a headline, you throw it out late Friday. And oh, by, by the way, there's already three or four other articles that have gone on Disney Post blog uh, in front of the Genie announcement. So you're going to have to work real hard to find that announcement. I would say it's not even going to be on the main, uh, on the top uh, part of the news fold by the uh, by Monday morning, we've already got Chef Bill Yasses from Hulu's Baker Dozen talking and digital wallpapers from Muppets on Advansion and uh, uh, announcement, check out the stream to Disney Plus for Disney Parks. I mean, these, this, and, and here's the part that I don't want to be cynical. I don't want to be negative. But Disney darn well knows what it's doing here. And if you feel like you are absolutely Get, thinking this is the best thing for guests, you should have had it on the front page of last week's press event when you had the entire world here on your doorstep. But you didn't. You hit it to not only the end of this week or after the press event, but to the but after four o'clock on Friday. And it just it just underscores the fact that Disney knows this is not going to be well received. I don't blame Disney doing it as a business. There are some good reasons for them doing it. I'd say a half a billion dollars worth of reasons as I kind of did the math in my mind. But, but at, least, at least don't pretend that it's something good when it's really not. So anyway, we're going we're gonna to cover this and talk about what this thing looks like and what it's all about. First, 
I think we have to kind of do an overview. If you kind of missed, and we've got a previous uh, podcast where we talked about the original announcement of Disney Genie and, and what it's all about. And the announcement basically says, hey, we're going to give you this great big complimentary app called Disney Genie. It's going to allow you to do all these kinds of cool things that makes your stay a better stay at Disney. However, if you like FastPass from the old FastPass days, we can, for $15 at Walt Disney World, give you the ability to make FastPass reservations and to go do FastPass all the day long at the Disney parks. And if there's some particular rides that you think are so cool because they're so new and they're so popular that you definitely got right. Well, guess what? We've created an individual pricing for those. So you could pay additionally for the opportunity and privilege to get in on those attractions and not wait for them. That is Disney Genie. Did I pretty well summarize that, David? Yeah, I think so. I think that's a, that's a, that's a good summary. So let's talk about an um, let's talk about some of the key announcements here that have been made. First off, it starts on October 19th, um, which we kind of gathered would be sometime after, after the press event, and that pretty well is falling in, in, in alignment there. Yeah. Um, we learned that... Again, Genie Plus Lightning Lane for the $15, which we knew and knew before this, is going to get you on a whole bunch of attractions, standard attractions that you really like from uh, Star Wars The Adventure Continues to Soaring Around the World to Splash Mountain to Kilimanjaro Safaris. So we knew that. We didn't know if you had to buy Genie Plus in order to purchase an individual Lightning Lane attraction, in other words, the really, really best rides or new rides or most popular rides. And it appears that you do not have to do that. We also know that those really, really, really good rides are gonna cost between $7 and $15 depending on when you visit and how popular or busy the parks are and how popular the attraction is at that time. Um, we know that if you wanna buy those really, really special ones, that if you're staying on Disney property, you can do that at 7 a.m. in the morning. If you're just an average Joe coming in from Howard Johnson's on 192, or if you are an annual pass holder, you get to do it when the park opens. Uh, we've also learned that once you buy one of those a la carte lightning lane entrances to something like Rise of the Resistance or Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, that uh, you're not going to get a refund. You're not going to get to redo the time frame. You're you're stuck. You're in it. Um, you do get, if I'm correct, in the Genie Plus $15 blanket for all of the other attractions. 
you get what's next available in terms of that lightning lane entrance. With the um, with the uh, um, with the individual lightning lane choices, you get some choice depending on how quickly you are into the system and where you rank, you know, in terms of how soon you got there. So, so there is some, some flexibility in your choice. Yeah, I think what's important to know about a lot of this is right now, since it hasn't officially launched, a lot of this is like, a, you know, reading the Da Vinci code, and that we're kind of trying to because one statement will be made somewhere and we're trying to understand does this mean what we think it means? So yes, I think that's a key thing to note is that the Genie Plus, just the normal one that you buy for that membership, if you wanna compare it to the old FastPass Plus, right? When you made old FastPass Plus reservations, you had the entire day to choose from. So in advance, if you wanted to choose that you wanted to ride um, Frozen Ever After at seven o'clock at night after you did dinner, before you stayed for fireworks, you could do that. From what it appears, it's you have the next available, but you could move that one if you need to. We don't know though about, it used to be that once you had a fast pass and you had that fourth rolling one, as they called it, that you could keep adding a fourth as available after you used your initial third, that that one you could use based on what's available. And it was the, the rule was two hours uh, uh, yes. two hours away or when at the beginning of your next ride window, whichever came first. We don't know if that's going to be the same here in terms of how that works. Additionally, which was the case, I, which was the case with MaxPass at Disneyland as correct. well. And they have made repeated references that it is similar to the MaxPass. Right. So, so I would think it's going to be that. Right. So theoretically, you're going to make that. And I don't know when you get to make the Genie Plus selection. If it's like the hotel, the Lightning the, the select attractions with, I'm staying on Disney property, if I can also make my first, yeah, like I wanna make a reservation for Peter Pan's flight at 7 a.m. or do I have to get in the park like Max no, Pass? I believe, it's, be. I believe it's like Max Pass or like the Shanghai Disney um, system mm. was where once you are scanned into the park, that's that's what I believe about that um, just by, by things I've read. I think the other thing that's interesting that I don't know that we know is you are uh, maximum two different attractions per day for the individual lightning lane. Could yes. you in theory, it doesn't say they have to be different. Could I in theory buy two passes to Rise of the Resistance and burn my two that day? Uh, that's a great question. Or or can I do one at Rise and one at Flight of Passage? Yes, and, no, that- jump the park. When they first announced this system, they had, there was a statement made somewhere. And again, there's so many different sources and information mm. and where it's, you know, where it's released and, and, and some folks start to look in terms and conditions and find other details and some are in official announcements and some are in blogs and some are in press releases. Again, the, 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 the Da Vinci codes everywhere. Um, but in this instance, I do believe they said you are allowed, they, they can be at different parks because you can pick the times of those. And so if you wanted to get Rise of the Resistance in the morning and end your night at Epcot and do Remy's Ratatouille Adventure, you could, at least that's what they initially said it was. But here's what I think we have to realize, plans change, right? And what it was when it was yeah. announced and what it is now, perfect example is originally the harmonious barges were supposed to be fountains during the day. That has not happened. Plans can change. And they originally had said that this was going to be um, a replacement for, or not a replacement, that it was gonna be housed 
inside of my Disney experience. But if you look at the things that they say you can do in Genie Plus, there's a lot of those things that you're already doing in my Disney experience. So I don't know if it's going to be the app will still be called my Disney experience, but basically Genie is going to be doing everything inside of it. So that's going to be- Wait a minute, David. Wait a minute. You mean- you mean these features on Complimentary Genie that I can already do mobile order on my Disney experience? Yes. yes. What about that tip board? You mean I can already figure out what times, what the wait times are? That's amazing. I had I mean, no idea it, it was already a, available. It's been a while. I um I haven't checked on the bag phone that's in my uh my my old Colt Vista station wagon, but the last I checked, yes. Yes. All right, let's get to the heart of this. Let's talk about which attractions are being offered and whether they're worth it. Let's start with the individual Lightning Lane attractions. And and I'll read those, David, and then you uh, offer your comments. I, uh, With an exception of one, I'm not too surprised by any of these. Magic Kingdom, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, which I had said before, and Space Mountain. Mm-hmm. Probably to be replaced by Tron someday, but... But, sure. <laughs> but that's for that, that'll try. 2029. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Epcot, Rami's Ratatouille Adventure, no surprise there. Frozen Ever After is the second. Hollywood Studios, Star Wars, Rise of the Resistance, no surprise. Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, probably no surprise. Disney's Animal Kingdom, Avatar Flight of Passage, no surprise. Expedition Everest, a little bit of a surprise there. Partly because people can do single rider, and partly because that that puppy's going down uh, at the first of the year for an extended time frame. Yeah, I, I that that actually wasn't the one that surprised me. So that makes sense to me because otherwise, if you were to put safaris in there instead, which is probably the other logical one that, that would you have would been my guess, guess. Mm-hmm. that would be a demand. But then there's not a lot of kid friendly rides in the normal genie plus to justify families paying for it because a young kid's not going to be able to go on everest a young kid is not going to be able to go on dinosaur and so i don't know that there's much of an incentive to buy it if you don't have a top tier attraction like the safaris in it my surprise was that they did not do it for slinky dog instead of mickey and minis because slinky dog is the one that i would think has the longest lines it's one of the, I mean, the, the two places people go start of the yeah. day are yeah. Star Wars and Slinky Dog. Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway hasn't really had much of a line late in the day because I think once you do it, you do it. I don't know that we love it as Disney fans, but I think your typical Walt Disney World visitors, I don't know that that's going to be a we want to ride it again. I think Slinky Dog is such a good coaster and the line is so nicely done that I can see people riding that multiple times. And so that was my surprise on that list. Nothing in Magic Kingdom surprised me, nothing at Epcot, nothing really at Animal Kingdom. I was, I wasn't shocked, it's not that big of a deal, but I was surprised that Slinky Dog wasn't the other um, top tier individual Lightning Lane a la carte attraction purchase, put that on a t-shirt that that you could get for the studios. So, Any of these, you would say, even if it were $15, I would definitely get this. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, I would absolutely, I mean, as a family to to make sure that we got on Rise of the Resistance, I would, I would, I would plunk that down. Um, uh, Ratatouille. Ratatouille is a a trick. We've only been on it once. But see, I am, here's a problem. I'm also speaking from perspective of a family that goes 
often enough that I could say, I know we'll get to something the next time. If I was putting myself in the mindset of a family that says we're going once every five years, I think Seven Dwarves Mine Train, I think Remy, I think Star Wars, and I think Flight of Passage are all ones that would probably be justified saying, if I can guarantee my spot, not only a spot on the attraction, but also a spot in the quicker line, I, I, I think those would all be worth it. I really do. Very well. Then beyond the individual lightning lane choices are those that fall under the Genie Plus, i.e. pay $15 and you can get a fast pass at least every two hours, maybe sooner, depending on how quickly uh, things move in the parks. In the Magic Kingdom, let's go through park by park. In the Magic Kingdom, they have listed 17 attractions. Big Thunder, Buzz Lightyear, Dumbo, Haunted Mansion, Small World, Jungle Cruise, Mad Tea Party, Magic Carpets of Aladdin, Mickey's Filler Magic, Monsters Laugh Floor, Peter Pan, Pirates, Splash Mountain, Barnstormer, Winnie the Pooh, Tomorrowland Speedway, and Little Mermaid. Those are 17 attractions. Those That list is comparable to what was under uh, FastPass Plus, with the exception of the character meet and greets, which was announced earlier, would be coming back soon. Did they give a date on the character? I, I can't remember. I, I, I thought it was November 7th, if I yeah. remember. That sounds about right. So those are coming back. That's cool. None of those are listed here yet. That may be added. Wouldn't be surprised if it did. Let's take the character meet and greets off the table for right now. 17 total attractions here. Of those, you, you really are not getting any advantage using it on Barnstormer, on Monsters Lap Floor, on Tea Party. By the way, Filler Magic is not listed here. That's an interesting one because that's yes, it is. is yes, it, it is. It's, it's listed. Oh, it is. Card. It is listed. But you'd it's get called, no advantage on Mickey's that. Filler Magic, but yes. I would say out of this list, there are only nine of these that I would say, yeah, if you didn't know what you were doing, and I would say even half of those nine, if you just got really smart about getting in there first thing in the morning and using your time wisely at the end of the day, you could even get on many of, of those without much weight. So here's though, you got to think about, you got to think perspective and context in this. You got to think about who's traveling. And then you also have to think about what this new system now does. Because in the past, you had the Fast Pass Pluses there was no reason other than really those attractions that are now the a la carte ones, like Seven Doors Mine Train. There was really no reason to get a fast pass for anything at the Magic Kingdom before 11 o'clock in the morning other than Seven Doors Mine Train because the lines just weren't long enough. So you right. could pick one at two in the afternoon, do a fast pass for something, go grab your spot for the parade and you're good. Now, I think that lines are going to be a little thicker in the morning because once people start grabbing stuff, they don't have a choice to grab a fast pass for seven at night. They have a choice to grab a fast pass at nine in the morning, 10 in the morning. And so they're going to be, they are dispersing smartly on their part, dispersing mm. crowds more evenly. And so I think that in theory, if you have a family with little kids, 
I think that Barnstormer would be worth it to be able to grab something for, because if your kids say, this is my first roller coaster, I've never done it. Well, I can get a fast pass and skip that 30 minute wait to Barnstormer. You have little kids who are tired, who are hot in the middle of the summer, who are hungry. You know, that's the perspective that I keep trying to wrap my head around is for me as a frequent goer, I'm not going to waste it on Barnstormer. But if you have a family whose kids are four and two, and that's the first roller coaster they've ever done. Yes. Now to the typical average group, you got to figure a family with a couple of kids, maybe in middle school or junior high. Yes, you're, you're dead on that. There's some of those attractions that you don't need it for, but guess what? Once those start to be the only ones available in the time frame that they're around, they're going to grab them. I mean, we saw people, I saw people using uh, fast passes for it's a small world at nine 30 in the morning in the past when fast pass pluses were available. Yeah. But I never, but so absolutely. So there were people holding fast pass pluses for Mickey's filler magic. Yeah. That said, I never really waited most of the day for more than one iteration of the show to be in sure. the next one. Monsters sure. incorporated. Same thing. In fact, you're still probably going to be waiting an iteration of a show. Right. depending on how you land for the there show. and the timing for the yeah. next one. So you probably aren't getting any advantage in that regard. Maybe you'll be in the front of the theater, but other than that, uh, I don't know. Now, you make some great points. And I want to also say one other thing. I, I guess that typical guest family, not your family, not my family, typical guest family who goes for a day is doing on average about eight attractions. Of those eight attractions, how many would necessitate Genie Plus? And I'm not saying, you know, $15 isn't the end of the world. 60 may not be the end of the world if it meant I didn't have to wait for the mountains. And I, well, other than Seven Dwarfs, which is out of the picture here, well, Space Mountain's out of the picture, sorry. But if I didn't have to wait for Big Thunder, I didn't have to wait for Jungle Cruise, I didn't have to wait for Haunted Mansion Pirates or Peter Pan's Flight um, or Splash Mountain, I, I would say, yeah, you're probably getting some value off the deal. Well, I think it's a, I, I think what you're really doing is doing a quick cost benefit analysis equation, right? Right. Is if I'm paying $15 a person, how many rides do I have to get on with quick access in order for that to be worth it? Is it three? Is it because if because if you looked at me and said, I can get you on a ride and get you past a, you know, Space Mountain cannot space Space Mountain, even uh, Thunder Mountain yeah. in the summers and in the holidays. I mean, that can get to be a 90 minute wait. Yeah. So if you walk up and it's a 90 minute wait and somebody says for five bucks, you can pass that line. Well, that's totally worth it. You walk up to Peter Pan and it's 75 minutes, five bucks you can get on. So if you look at it broken up, I think that's a lot easier to justify saying, because that then decompresses your entire day is knowing I can get on those with a shorter wait. So I think at the Magic Kingdom, especially, I think that's worth it. And again, once Tron opens up, we would assume Space Mountain will drop back down if they only keep the number at two. Who knows? Um, but uh, in, in that instance, I think it's a it's giving you that advantage that FastPass offered just in a different a different way. And the more I think about it like that, the more it kind of helps me be a little more okay with it because if you don't want to then you don't want to right but if you say i would rather make that easier because if i get done with those then i can take the kids back for a nap and we can get a break as well 
to, to, to a family with, with young kids, Jeff, you had young kids at one time in the parks. Yep. Those naps are a valuable, valuable, valuable. Yeah. Thing. You're not going to last the rest of the day. If yep. And if it. you could Gary, if you say, okay, it's a lot of money, but it's 75 bucks for my family for the day. We get fast access to at least three rides if we play our cards, right. And we get to guarantee that we've got enough done that we can go take a two and a half hour break it back in the air conditioning with our shoes off game like that is a that is change compared to what you know I'd probably pay more for that if I had little kids I was pushing around in a stroller and so I think that's that's kind of the perspective that I'm trying to take of all this is I'm not the normal average guest so so let's go take those same models this that, that same paradigm of thinking over to the other parks Epcot uh -huh. you got nine you got right. the short film festival. You got Figment. You got Living with the Land. You got Mission Space, Green and Orange. You got Soren. You got Spaceship Earth, Test Track, Seas with Nemo and Friends, Turtle Talk. What's Out your third of, attraction? I'm sorry. What? You had you 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 had mentioned. Sorry, I was I was I was kind of jumping the gun. You had mentioned that you thought strongly needed in that park. There's three attractions. Obviously, Soren, Test Track. What's your third? Mission Space. Really? Well. And that that would vary because sometimes, right. but because after seven in the evening, it's yeah. usually walk on. Yeah, that's. But fair. if you're there at ten a.m. and you just walked off the test track, and yep. you think, oh, well, that's the next one because it's next door, right? And all these kind of vary. There are, I mean, for instance, living with the land can be a thirty to forty minute wait, right? At noon, right? At six o'clock in the evening, it's walk on. And I love living with the land. I might pay five bucks to get on living with the land if it was a 34 minute wait. I love it. Refocus, David. Refocus. Uh, um, but that, um, but all that said and done, am I am I going to take advantage of that for test track mission and um Soren? Especially because many people have either a problem with mission from a ride point of view, they get nauseous. Or they have a problem with test track because it's like too intense for them or whatever. Yeah. So therein lies the dilemma there. At the studios, do you have any more thoughts on Epcot? Yeah. So I actually think what's going to be interesting, and I, I would assume this is going to be the case, but see, for me, I would find the value in Epcot by being able to double ride one of those attractions. So assuming I was going to be in Epcot for most of the day, could I get my first... I have, to, I have to stop from test track podcast. in the morning and come I, back to it sometime right, in the afternoon. Evening. Do test track in the morning, get my next great one question. Great yeah, question. So if that's possible, then again, that's down to my cost benefit analysis. That's five bucks a ride. If I just get those done, yeah, I think I'm good with that. All right, let's take this and go to the studios. Here we've got 12 attractions listed. Swirling Saucers, Beauty and the Beast Live on Stage, Disney Junior Play and Dance, Frozen Sing Along, Indiana Jones, which is coming back December 19th. Hooray for that. Millennium Falcon Smugglers Run, Muppet Vision 3D, Rock and Roller Coaster, Slinky Dog Dash, Star Tours, Twilight Zone Tower of Terror, Toy Story Mania. Of, the, of these, I would say six are strongly needed out of the 12. But... Honestly, I would say they're very important. They're a very important six because there aren't enough rides in the studios. And those rides such as Tower of Terror, such as Rock and Roller Coaster, such as um, Millennium Falcon, they, and, and you mentioned Slinky Dog earlier, you just don't get a break on the standby. So I would be 
I would find value off of the 15 on the on on the choices on this list. That's yeah, I think I, I yeah, I think the a couple interesting things here. First of all, in the discussion of of shows being worth it or not, I think it will all come down to if it means so if you remember the old fast pass plus way which is really the closest comparison we have mm -hmm. if you had uh, let's say if you were getting a ticket to frozen sing-along celebration okay your fast pass return window said if you show up between this time it's typically like a 15 or 20 minute window you were guaranteed access and they mm -hmm. would let those people in and you were guaranteed a seat so you didn't have to show up and wait an hour ahead of time or whatever it might be if that's the same system, and I know I don't have to devote an hour to in line through Beauty and the Beast live, I can just show up and my daughter's a huge Beauty and the Beast fan, so I can show up 20 minutes before showtime, that 40 minutes is going to be worth it to me. Um, but I do agree that this park does seem to have a lot, because the other question that we don't know yet is, at what point do they limit and is it possible that I think I'm going to buy this and I can get a fast pass for six, uh, Lightning Lane for six attractions is that really feasible? Because if you figure you get one, you're not gonna have a two hour window. So you make one at nine o'clock and it says return between 9.15 and 10.15, whatever, okay? Mm -hmm. So at 10.15, I can get my next. And then even if that 10.15 fast pass says I can show up at 11.15, so those first two ones, I, I compress my, my time. So I've gotten two and now I'm going 11.15 to 12.15. So now you're talking six more attractions, four more attractions, times two hour windows, that's eight more hours, you're almost to the close of the park. Are you really gonna be able to get a lightning lane for an attraction, one of those biggies at seven o'clock at night? Like by the time it comes seven o'clock and your last window opens, are you really going to be able to get one? That's what I think is gonna be fascinating to see yeah. is how much do they throttle that kind of stuff? Because I can say there are six that I need it for, and that's you're you're completely correct. Your list is ridiculously spot on. It's perfect. But my worry, not my worry, but my thought process would be how well do I have to play my cards starting so that by the end of the day, I actually might have availability at one of those other ones? Because I don't think there are gonna be. I think if you get three a day you're in good shape. Consider yourself a winner, which is why I think about the $5 uh, a, a pass. Um, that's, that's, that's really what I think is probably going to be the, well, that aligns made with the value. old days where you got three fast passes a day. Correct. That, and that's kind of what I'm thinking that might be now. Now so the advantage though, is everybody had a chance to get a fast pass without paying. Correct. And as correct. a result, it kind of flooded the fast pass market. Yeah, that's true. That's true. There is, are those who say, ah, I just paid all this money and you're going to make me pay 15. No, I'll just wait in line. And that should bring down the fast pass line and make right. the standby lines more livable. Yeah. Because that was my problem was the fast pass lines were so overloaded. But then again, but by the way, from a money-making point of view, maybe I want to overload the fast pass lines as management yeah. because that's why, but the minute you do that, you then start moving your fast pass return line. And you've seen those things where you've seen a 30, 40 minute wait on a fast pass return line. If I paid $15 and I come to return to a fast pass and it's 30, 40 minutes, I'm going to be ticked that you made me pay $15 extra for a return line that's not that that's way over, you know, 
over what it ought to be. Yeah, here's another thing that's interesting about that too, and this is maybe a discussion for a totally other day, but I think a lot of that is dependent on a variable that is not often discussed, which is where that merge point is, right? In some attractions, the merge point is ridiculously advantageous. Uh, Jungle Cruise, I think would be a good example. You basically walk almost straight with an angle, unless they change it, right to the loading zone, right? In some of these other attractions, that that's that's not quite the case. You sometimes are a little bit further back. And so by the time you merge, you still have a lot of that line to go through. And so I think that's going to be interesting too. That's going to affect that is where, how, where that merge point is might, yeah. might make more of a difference than we've ever realized before. Our last group is animal kingdom, which is celebration of festival of the Lion King dinosaur tough to be a bug. Kaylee river rapids, Kilimanjaro safaris, Navi river journey, animation experience, and feathered friends in flight. Um, by the way, as you mentioned to me earlier, none of these lists include restrooms, which may have been a miss on their part. But, um, but uh, that's a total of eight, of which I would say half. Safaris could get long. Yeah. Uh, dinosaur, if you don't get to it at the right point of day, that's, that's not going to be your friend. A Navi River Journey, not you know, not a quick movie thing. Um, I don't know what I put as number four. Oh, Kaylee River Rapids. Uh, Kaylee River Rapids got silly crazy long uh, as a standby line. Often 60, 75 minute waits on a very hot warm day. So, yeah. um, so it, you know, now. Could I, again, going back to your, the, the thought we have with uh, the individual lightning lanes, could I do half my day at Animal Kingdom, then do the jump over to Epcot and pick up, you know, say Test Track and, and Soren before the end of the day? Well, that was actually going to be my point with Animal Kingdom is I think the real value there from a travel planning perspective is can that help you get and i'm not at all going to suggest animal kingdom as a half day park because i think there's a ton to explore in animal kingdom if you're not just saying ride 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 and you want to explore that park at a leisurely pace i think it's gorgeous at night so please don't don't send letters to yeah. jeff i mean you can send letters to jeff don't send them to me um because i like I, i'm not at all suggesting that my suggestion is if you're a family that says we're only going to be there for four days and on our day of animal kingdom we would love to be able to end a little early and go to Disney Springs or we have an early flight or whatever, that Genie Plus pass on that day, that's going to really, really stack the deck in your favor in terms yeah. of being able to get on the must-do attractions without having to be there until seven or eight o'clock at night. So I think for those people that might be pressed for time, that's where those there again it's a it, it's a value um you know it, it it's on a it's on a dimension right and so you're really going to increase your value in that instead of maybe one of the other parks because you're not going to be able to get through the magic kingdom in a short day another group that again a lot of people don't talk about and they are a huge missing component right now in the total attendance of the parks is convention traffic mm -hmm. and i mention that because they're the one group that is if you're doing conventions on Disney property that are entitled to after two park tickets. These are the people who got to go do the convention thing in the morning, maybe most of the afternoon. They still want to go to the parks in the evening. 
having the ability to maybe do an individual lightning lane pass for something like Rise or you know, uh, Flight of Passage could be huge for them too as they go into this. Now, Disneyland, they announced the same thing for Disneyland. What is telling about this is, first of all, they named 12 attractions in the Disneyland park, and they named seven attractions in DCA that are going to be part of the Genie Plus thing. Why that's telling is because most people, and although we've said it a couple of times on this podcast, most people don't know that in terms of the number of rides, there are more rides in Disneyland and Disney California Adventure than in all four Walt Disney World theme parks. And yet, what, um, what makes this telling is that their list is actually very low in terms of the number of attractions. And oh, by the way, a lot of things. Mickey's Filler Magic, guess what? It's not on the list at DCA. You know, it's choices like these, you're kind of going, oh yeah, I'm not surprised because they, they don't exist on the Disneyland Resort side. From individual Lightning Lane choices, no surprise that Rise of the Resistance is on the list. No surprise that Radiator Springs Racers on the is on the list. And probably no surprise that Web Slingers, uh, the Spider-Man Adventure is on the list. What is surprising is that um, there was, uh, I wanna say WDWNT came out with something yesterday that suggested that they may move back and forth between doing a virtual queue, which is in play for Ratatouille. You know, you know of course, since we last spoke on Genie Plus, they removed uh, virtual queue out of the, um, uh, they removed the virtual queue from Rise of the Resistance. But they have uh, taken this Spider-Man attraction and they have put in a situation where it may not be, it may go to a standby line at times. So that, I, I, don't, I don't know if that's, again, part of the Da Vinci Code to be uh, figured out or unlocked, but that too is a riddle, is how virtual cues I think this is a, an experiment on Disney's part, if this is happening, to see how virtual queues affect the number of people who end up buying individual Lightning Lane uh, passes and whether that increases or decreases their sales on, on that. So now what's next is November 19th or October 19th. And what we're going to do, I have plans pretty much to be at one of the four parks every day that week. You're coming a little later in the week, and but you're going to be doing most of those parks. Mm -hmm. And we're I'm gonna actually going to be trying hopping. So we'll see what so happens. So that'll be interesting to see the effect of that. You'll be staying on property. So what we're going to do on, on certain days is we're going to go to the same park, but he's going to make his reservation at 7 a.m., and see what's available to him. 
I'm going to make my reservation when park opening date comes, hour comes, and see what's left over for me. Uh, because there's a possibility that annual pass holders may not have entitlement to anything that is really popular. So we're going to check that out. We're going to check out, of course, the Genie Plus aspect. Is it how is it similar? How is it different to uh, Fast Pass? What are the ins and outs of that, and what's working, uh, not working there? And how is that affecting all the kinds of issues that we have brought up this hour? So please stay tuned because we've got a lot to cover in the next couple of weeks uh, with what's going on here at Walt Disney World. David, thank you for being a part and joining this uh, conversation today. Thank you for having me, Josh. Um, know that, as I have said, and it's listed on our podcast, that uh, you definitely want to take advantage of outdoor travel. David and Leah Zanola, their owner agents, and they, I mean, you can tell by the kind of conversation I'm having with David, he gets this. He is taking the time to go out there and experience so he can advise those who book with him, which is book, a booking for free. Uh, it's just, if you're gonna, if you, all the more reason, uh, this whole Genie Plus thing, I wondered when it was first announced, David, whether to kind of put travel agents out, the, uh, out of business, but I think this is bringing you, <laughs> bringing people more reasons to go to a travel agent to get uh, this, this kind of thing figured out. Well, I think the important thing to note about that as just a pitch for using a travel agent in general is you're already paying for that service, whether you're using it or not, right? And so you're paying, you're, you're paying Disney to use a travel agent, whether they keep the money or whether you bring it to a travel agent. And so a travel agent who really knows Disney really, really well is going to be able to help you navigate this what is worth it? I think we made that point a couple of times today. Based on who your party is, it may be worth it. It may not be worth it. This may be how you want to use it. And that's the thing that people like me that specialize in Disney destinations, that's what we do. We work to customize things for our clients so that they don't just have to trust that the app is going to do what it says it's going to do and guide them the right way because it might be the right way at that moment, but is that right for your exact party? We can help you with that well in advance. And not just Walt Disney World, but Disneyland, the International Parks, Disney Cruise Line, Adventures by Disney. Um, lots of options. And our suggestion is just start with, with David, as I do when I talk about, uh, you know, when we got my cruise got it uh, worked out for November. Um, so thank you. Thank you again, David. You're welcome. Now, before we sign off, I got to make sure that I say, because I said, thank you, Josh. And I think the joke went over your head. I was referring to you as Josh from, I don't want to just think that people are listening say, does he not even know his co-host name? No, no, I know his name, but I was trying to play back and it was a, it, it was a dad joke and it, it, it uh, fell really, really flat. So. I didn't even hear it. I'm sorry. I would have responded. Thanks for having me, Jeff. All right. Thank you, Leah. Talk to you later. <laughs> All right, well, that wraps it up for us for this Disney at Play podcast. We have so much more to cover, and uh, I'm very excited about uh, some of our upcoming uh, podcasts. 
that will be happening over the next couple of weeks. So be sure to join us. Meanwhile, if you would, get over to, well, you know, iTunes. And please, if you could, offer us a favorable rating, even a review that, that really helps notify others and their crazy algorithms of what we have to offer. Also, if you like our videos, visit JHF Cobra on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast channel. Um, and also uh, visit DisneyAtPlay.com and DisneyAtWork.com and subscribe to those websites as well. So you're notified of upcoming uh, posts and podcasts as they come out. Finally, uh, check out the... Disney Wayfinder Society that we have for as little as a dollar a month. This Patreon group not only helps to support this podcasting and attending website, but gives you access to some of our Disney at Play interactive guides. Very cool, and you're going to want to check those out as well. Well, anyway, again, thank my thanks to David Sinola. Appreciate you being with us on this podcast. Just really love sharing these insights for you so you can have a better experience with Disney. And on that note, we'll bid adieu. Until next time, always remembering, follow the compass of your heart. Have a great day. We'll see you real soon.